Hello, and welcome back to the least of our problems. I'm Kate. And I'm Lily. And today we are going to be talking about failure and success. So why do we want to talk about this, these, both items, failure and success? Failure is an inevitable part of life, yet we seem to often focus on our successes and strive for the absolute perfection. We wanted, in the spirit of the least of our problems, share our our failings with you and what we think it means to fail and why we think failure is so important. I think the concept of failure has become something that is to be feared. And I think, therefore, failure isn't something that is explored enough within ourselves because we see it as shameful or we're embarrassed and we don't want to talk about it. We almost just wanted to slide right over it and not really delve deeper into the feelings of failure and like kind of marinate in them and see what we can learn from them. So therefore, we aren't getting like the most out of our failings that we could have if we embraced our failings. I think that we should, instead of seeing failings as something to be hidden and covered up, we should see them as moments to sink into and to be in for a while. And then we can reflect on them and hopefully move forward with more knowledge, more stuff about life, and just basically being more prepared. So let's get into it. Kate, what is your greatest failure? It took a lot of self-reflection. I delved into the deep depth of Kate. Not very far. Um, and I came up to the conclusion that it's probably my career. Um, which, though I probably don't seem to have failed by other people, I feel like I have failed. I truly am passionate about the world of mental health and I'm truly passionate about working in that sector. But I just don't seem to be able to mentally cope with it which to me seems like a huge failing it's really difficult when you've worked really really hard to be somewhere and actually you go okay I need to just choose myself or my mental health over this and it feels like a huge huge failing um so yeah same question to you Lily what is your greatest failure well before we move on to me I just want to ask you some questions so you said that you are really remember, passionate. Remember my mental health today is very fragile. I understand <laughs> that you're you're really passionate about mental health, but you just couldn't stand to be in it. Mm -hmm. Did you ever consider seeking help for your mental health whilst you were also in mental health? So I did, but I found a woman quite patronizing. She sat on the opposite end of the sofa the couch whatever and so are we speaking about counseling an actual, an actual therapist right right okay okay she was like oh do you know maybe you'll just need to build up some stronger barriers i was like okay cool tell me how to do it she's like oh that's something you have to do yourself fuck you tell me you can't tell me that i'm doing something wrong and then not give me a solution to it that is the point of therapy i'm afraid no it's not yes it's no it's not therapists aren't they shouldn't give you advice but then don't tell me i'm doing something wrong Maybe you weren't in the right headspace Maybe to go not. to therapy. I was also going to ask if you feel comfortable talking about what we just discussed before we clicked record when you were saying that you think you might have to find a nine to five job. Oh, yeah. So I obviously quit my job in mental health. I quit my job as a manager where I was on a relatively good salary to become a dog walker because well, I didn't quit it to become a dog walker. I quit and, and decided 
to become a dog walker because I thought that was the solution. <laughs> oh, it sounds so ridiculous to all of my problems. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, um, and we've now got to a point, me and my partner, that we're like, fuck, we have no money. I've now made the decision or I'm in the process of making the decision to move back to nine to five work, which it feels like I failed at one career. I've tried to set up my own business. I failed at that. And I feel like I'm having to go back to something that I'm not 100% sure what skill set I have. And I'm feeling very lost and very failed. Failed. I feel like a failure. <laughs> Would you go back into mental health? So the jobs I've actually applied for. You've are... applied for jobs. This is big. Yeah. I've You've applied... actually applied for jobs. Yeah, I've applied for jobs. So they're all in the same sector, but they're not management roles. Okay. So they are homelessness, mental health and criminal justice. So they're all in the same sector, but they are not management roles. So they're lesser paying than I was originally on, but still more than the thousand pounds I'm currently taking home. So I'm feeling like I'm at the bottom of the failure pit right now. That's hard. That's tough. You also have to remember, I haven't slept very well. I've had half a Red Bull. Oh, and I had a red wine at the airport. Jesus <laughs> Today is not a good day. I can't believe you've actually applied for jobs. Yeah. It must be bad. So, Lily, same question to you. What is your greatest failure? And I actually want to add, what do you think that you learn about yourself from it? Okay. So I thought about this quite a lot. And the more I was going through things, I felt like it wasn't... My biggest failure wasn't something that I'd physically done. Mm -hmm. So I thought about um, dating a toxic man for about seven years. And I was like, mm. That's his fault. <laughs> 100% yeah. his, his fault. I, uh, yes, 100% his fault. And also, I, it wasn't something I failed at. It was more something that I guess I learned from. And then I was, again, thinking like you about quitting jobs. And I was like, that doesn't feel right either. And I was like failing my A-levels so spectacularly that I had to retake them all in the second year of sick form potentially a failure but again it just didn't feel like the biggest failure I've had in my life that feels like quite a classic failure like we've all had to retake an eight level exactly exactly who passed this first time <laughs> me on my driving test screw screw <laughs> <laughs> and so I came to the conclusion that all of these things had like one common thread and the biggest was that I just never trusted myself and so that led me to believe that my biggest failure is that I've never trusted myself, my intuition or my gut. Everything else was kind of a learning experience. We all date shit men. We all fail exams. We all quit jobs. But my biggest failure was that whenever it came to those things, I never truly believed myself and trusted myself that, you know, my gut was telling me for ages, you should probably leave that man. But I didn't trust myself enough to believe it. And I guess eventually you do learn to trust yourself and you learn that you do internally know what's right for you. You can feel it in your gut. It's just knowing how to hear it. So kind of flipping the question that you asked me, yeah. did you do some internal work to reach that? Do you think you now trust yourself? No, not fully. I am still in therapy, which is expensive, very expensive, but I started going to therapy when I was 21. I am 29 now. So I've had a lot of years. And the f I always find the first therapist you find the first round of therapy 
it's not as deep as you're going to go. You're probably still in some form of trauma. But yes, I did have to do a lot of searching to realize that I just didn't trust myself at all. And I'm still learning to trust myself. And I guess having just quit my job, I'm now struggling a lot with trusting myself to know that that was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. You don't have to trust yourself, you can trust me. <laughs> it was the right thing. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. You're almost a step ahead of me in the fact that I'm seeing quitting my job and my career as a failure. And you've learned to accept that that's not a failure. And you've learned to go, actually, it's a deeper rooted issue with not trusting myself. And that's where I am failing myself is not trusting my gut instinct. Yes. Which is maybe where I will be in a few months time if I actually sign up to therapy. And You're not going to sign up to therapy. Why are you kidding me? I have me? looked at it. So I think the next question to you is, mm -hmm. do you feel like you're scared to fail? Does failure or the concept of failing something, anything scare you? Well, linking back to therapy. So before therapy, oh my God, boy, was I scared to fail. I was absolutely terrified. And I came, did a lot of self-reflection, did a lot of learning. And I realized that as a child, I was only praised for things that I was naturally good at. Mm -hmm. And my mum was not meaning any harm by this at all. I think that's quite common though, isn't it? Yeah. Just like, oh, you naturally can do that. Or you're naturally, you didn't um, study and you got a good score. You're naturally gifted. So then I assimilated that into my being and was like, okay, so if I try and I fail, that's bad. That is very bad. I should only, I should be naturally gifted. I should float across the surface of the water and everything should be a breeze to me. And it took me a long time to realize that trying and failing is actually, in my opinion, a bigger success than just being naturally gifted at something. I think that shows determination. And I often think that our school system, that our, no offense to our parents, our parents don't value that. Yeah, we should praise especially children for trying rather than succeeding. Because it's a way more valuable asset to try than it is to just naturally succeed. And I was thinking about this a lot. And it wasn't just trying new things that it affected. It also, I just became this being that didn't want to ask for help ever. The because, fear. Do yeah. you, did you have that in jobs as well as you've got older? Yes, that massively, massively. For my whole life, I couldn't ask for help for anything. And it just meant that I was just stuck only knowing what I know, not expanding my mind, not creating bonds with other people through joint activities. Like, can you help me move this sofa up the stairs? Oh yeah. I, um, <laughs> just thinking of the sofa, I accidentally ordered a sofa that was way too big for our flat. And the guys who delivered it, they were like, oh, do you want us to help you carry it in? I was like, no, 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 that's absolutely fine. I can't fucking carry the sofa. So I was there rolling it through the small town that we lived in on my own. And these guys were like, are you sure you don't want to help? I was like, nope, nope. Because I didn't want to be seen as a weak little failure. But I've actually quite realized that failure is exciting. And I think that's quite a weird um, emotion to link to failure. But there's times that I'm like, oh, I failed this. What opportunities can it open up for me? But do you feel that in the moment or once the fear... Oh, no, I have a full breakdown <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> sit and cry. <laughs> but for example, when I quit my job and I had, which I'm sure where you are now, and I had nothing else going on, I was like, this is quite exciting. I've got the world at my feet. And so I think as I've got older, the more I fail, the more I see it as an opportunity to move on. And I'm trying to be that positive version of myself of 
For example, when we missed a plane, I was like, how can we make this positive? Very few ways. I can tell you that for sure. However, we were like, we've learned something. But I do think it's a learned technique. You're not, I don't think personally naturally able to do that. Or I wasn't naturally able to do that. I know I had to learn that across many, many years of training my brain, being like, okay, you failed, but it's not the end of the world. What can you learn from it? I think that's the worst. That is the absolute worst part of failure if it then causes you to give up on your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I I don't love the guy, but Joe Wicks is a really, really good example of it. He was He said he used to turn up at Richmond Park every day for a fitness class and he said sometimes he would get no one and he'd be stood in the rain on his own in Richmond Park with his little kettlebells and that broke my heart and it made it kind of gave me the ick at the same time but look at him now and he never gave up and he didn't let that failure impact him he just goes okay I'm gonna pick up from here and go forward yeah you have but you really really have to learn to be able to fail and keep going it's a different sort of mindset to have I think yeah it takes a long time to um get accumulate so have you ever compromised to ensure that you didn't fail most of my life <laughs> yes <laughs> most of my life definitely I basically kept myself in a cocoon of loneliness oh Lily <laughs> you beautiful butterfly <laughs> I just could never fail. I was absolutely terrified. And this was in everything. So in my friendships, I was terrified of failing, working out any creative things that I wanted to do. I basically compromised any sort of connection I had to another human being because I was so scared of messing it up. And for a lot of my life, when I look back on it now, I'm like, I was just a statue. I was just being still, making sure I didn't move so I couldn't make a mistake. And if I did make a mistake, I would make hell sure that there was no one around to see it. And it but that doesn't work. If that doesn't work, you just become lonely. Big, big, big lonely. The only way out of it is to just try failing a little bit. But the big one was friendships because I every single um, interaction you see on a TV show or in a movie between friends is perfect. Everyone says the right thing. Everyone laughs at the person that's making the joke. You know, everything is perfect. And then when you go into the real world and you say something and your friends don't laugh, you're like, oh my fucking God. Oh my God, I'm a loser. Nobody likes me. I'm going to have to go home and think about this all night. And I'm sure that's completely normal. So I feel like I've compromised my mental health a lot to ensure that I don't fail. So I've stayed in job roles. I've stayed in sectors. I've stayed in places or not made decisions that have been for myself, but have been about how this is how society perceives me which has then made me really depressed it's made me really anxious it's made me feel really overwhelmed to the point that I've said before on the podcast that I've just been lying staring at the ceiling on the sofa like fuck this okay so now on the flip side of failure what about perfection what is perfect to you is it possible to be perfect or is do we even want to be perfect yeah I think it's really interesting and when I was researching this, um, I typed in failure and the first thing that came up was perfection and success. Even if you've got that perfect life, you're always going to want more, want something different. Thinking of people like Kylie Jenner, you, she's going to want less paparazzi. She's going to want people to know less about her life. Is that still perfect? Mm. Well, I mean, she's dating Timothy Chalamet. So yeah, that probably is the perfect world. <laughs> 
perfect to me, I think, is being content. Mm -hmm. I don't think it needs to be where you are constantly happy. I think it's where you're okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you? I just honestly don't think perfect exists. It's like a myth. It's like an old tale that we tell people that sort of mutates every time it's passed down the generations. And it's like, this is perfect now. You know, this influencer, digital nomad life, that's perfect. Whereas, you know, before it had been like, oh, I have a steady job and I own a home and that's perfect. And I think it's basically just this myth that almost keeps people on the hamster wheel. Yeah. And I think my, my next question to you, my next follow up is if you fail, do you then aim for perfect or do you then aim for okay? It's a difficult one because I don't believe that perfection exists. Nothing is ever perfect and no one is ever perfect. So how can you aim for something that you don't believe exists? Yeah. You know, that would be incredibly difficult because I'm sure like the perfect body, I'm just sure that doesn't exist. Well, as we were talking about with George, it changes constantly. Well, yeah, especially for women. And I was watching Olivia Atwood's The Price of Perfection and this woman had had three different nose jobs. Each time, you know, this handcrafted nose, perfectly symmetrical and all the rest of it still was never, she was never happy with it. It was never perfect. So do you think she then sees it as that nose job has failed? Do you think she would look at it in that way? Or do you think that she would look at it in a way of stuff has moved on? Mm, I think that's a good question. I think as with most things, it's probably way more internal than most people realize. Because on the surface, she's like, oh, I want the perfect nose. And I'm like, well, yeah, I also would love the perfect nose. Like I've always said, if I was going to have anything, it would be a nose job, hands down. And then when Olivia started to interview her and talk to her, she was like, oh, I've always felt ugly since I was age six. That's really young. And I was like, potentially... And I, like, and I don't want to assume or presume anything here, but if you'd spent the money you'd spent on the two extra nose jobs on a therapist, you might just learn. Lily to- actually <laughs> hasn't got a deal with them and they're not sponsoring, well, all general <laughs> therapists are not sponsoring this podcast. Something like that where you've had three nose jobs. And I don't think that's, I'm not bad mouthing that girl because the perfect nose was really trendy. Like the cute little pixie nose, Hayley Bieber, Bella Hadid nose was extremely trendy. So if you have the money and you're being influenced by the media and social media, why would you not get a nose job? But people aren't necessarily thinking internally enough anymore, I don't think. I feel like the idea of perfect has become more and more present in our lives. So I feel that we are constantly striving for, if we're looking at things like social media, and I don't want to repeat our social media episode, but it is perfect, it's becoming so accessible to us that our feelings seem so much more intense. So you're saying that perfect is now, we can see it everywhere, which makes us more aware of the fact that we're not perfect. Yeah, and even if that perfect doesn't exist, so even if that person has lied on their LinkedIn or if that person has edited it on a Photoshop app to get the perfect nose, that perfect is being presented, though it might not exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the perfect is more present in our lives rather than the failures. So 
we're not talking about, okay, I failed to get onto, I don't know, if we're talking about becoming a clinical psychologist, I failed to get onto the doctor eight times. Or maybe people are people are getting better at pretending to be perfect. Yeah. I think is what's happening. Social media is such a good place to pretend to be perfect. Yeah. But that makes our hit failures mm-hmm. a million times more painful. And many, many people are much more likely to give up oh, I haven't got 10,000 views on TikTok from that one video. What? Yeah. I'm going to give up now. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So shall we go on to a little bit about the science of failure? Yes. Amazing. General scientist, Mr. <laughs> science, has found that failure changes our beliefs in our abilities. So the more you fail at something, the more likely you are to doubt your ability. But failure is an essential part of the learning process. So... What the hell are we supposed to do? So I think that's kind of touching on what we are talking about. We're we're failing epically, but that's impacting how we feel about our ability. So really, as a society, we just need to reframe and potentially repackage failure and not make, not make failure such a doomed and bad word. Okay, but like, oh, I failed at that. And that, that should be, okay, but I'm going to try again. You know? And that should be hyped up. Yeah. So Francis Bacon, who is apparently the granddaddy of philosophy, of science. I didn't know that. I thought he discovered a country. Um, observed that the truth emerges more readily from error than from confusion. So really what Francis Bacon is saying is, rather than just doing nothing and being confused about which option to choose, pick one and fail at it. Yeah. Because at least then you'll know that that was wrong. Yeah. I also wanted to give a big shout out to um, Miss Taylor Swift, um, just for Lily. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. And I did some research on celebrities who have failed. So we all see those shitty Facebook posts like, oh, celebrities that dropped out of school and now they're millionaire. Most of them dropped out of places like Harvard. But I wanted to focus on Taylor Swift and looking at her feelings in regard to what she is at the minute. So she's still amazing. She's still wonderful. She was seen to fail. And she said in an interview that she felt that she had failed. And it's still pretty good to not have her reputation album nominated for album of year at the Grammys. So her peers, the people that support her was like, oh, you have not done good enough because you were not nominated. But what does she do? Taylor didn't just sit down and go, yeah, okay, fine. I'm not going to try again. She picked herself up and then she went on and won three Grammys. So it's pretty good. Moral of the story is... Be Taylor Swift. Or go and listen to Taylor Swift on Spotify. (laughs) So I guess it's about time that we started to actually embrace failure rather than see it as something to be ashamed of. So according to Bradatan, failure can be a reviving lesson It should not be resisted or ignored, but rather embraced for its insightful power. It's something that we need to embrace and work with rather than avoid it. A hundred percent. That is my belief entirely. That is, Mm -hmm. couldn't have summed it up more perfectly, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's so vital. Yeah, it's so vital. So should we really be using the word perfect or is okay or satisfactory enough? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Fucking is, man. And some old philosopher, man, don't know who it was. I'm sure it was a man, um, said all failure is comparative. 
There is no one true form of failing. No root cause, which which honestly I think I found very comforting. So there is no true form of failure. So my failure in comparison to Lily's failure is going to be completely different. So our failures feel extremely personal and we take them extremely personally because obviously it's happening to us. That is extremely personal. But we often forget that everyone's failings are relative. The best lesson you've learned from failing, Kate, go. That a better version of you is on the other side of that failure. Oh, that's so poetic. <laughs> and that sounds really deep and arty-farty and shitty. But I don't think that sounds shitty. I think that actually sounds what you need to hear when you are going through failure. The feeling of failure can be all-consuming, but you're in the eye of the storm and it will pass through you. What about you? Um, the biggest thing I've learned from failure is that you are bigger than the failure. You will always be bigger than the failure. The failure might feel all on top of you and inside you and surrounding you, but you will, it will pass through you and you are, you are bigger than it. You just have to remember that that is the truth. <laughs> we are now going to move on to our overrated and underrated, which is what our only our second one of the season for both of us um so lily <laughs> yes all right um i i don't know how to phrase this and i don't want to offend anyone but i do have an overrated there's been two events over the past week that have formed my opinion mm -hmm. so jamie lang being hired to be on the bbc as a radio presenter mm -hmm. and tiktokers being at the was it the People's Choice Award? Where Billie Eilish was like, what the fuck are they doing here? No, I have no beef with Jamie Lang whatsoever. I think he's, and an, like, you know, no, this isn't personal to Jamie Lang. Unfortunately, he was just the person that they've <laughs> picked to hire. Yeah. And people who aren't, haven't trained for the job, don't have any sort of media training, don't know how to interview, getting these interviewing and like presenting gigs. Nepo babies. Are the bane of my fucking life. When, so for example, at the BAFTAs, when mm. someone asked Andrew Scott that and it was a man interviewer and the question that he asked him was how did you feel about the end of Saltburn saying that boy naked that was his question to Andrew Scott and I was like have you even seen his film and so my and, and it's hard to be succinct but my overrated is people getting jobs that they aren't qualified for and then we get really shitty interviews and I would love to have asked Andrew Scott something about the film that he was just in that was actually relevant to him and respected his craft and his acting. Yeah. You know? Does so that make sense? I, though it's not my overrated, I agree. And I was actually having very similar thoughts this morning when I was looking through the top 10 podcasts of the UK. I was like, every single one of these is a TikToker. The reason that these podcasts are doing well is because they have a big following on TikTok, not because they are necessarily good interviewers. And I'm not saying that is true for everyone. There are some fantastic people out there. However, like Olivia Atwood, I would say is one person who, yes, she's famous and was on Love Island, but she's very good at her job. Yeah. And there are other people that I look at it and I'm like, you are literally in this position because you have a big following on TikTok or Instagram or you've been on a show and you actually are beating people off who are fantastic interviewers. 
and who would have watched the film and had some really insightful questions to ask. Yeah. And I just feel like we're just being given shit media coverage. And it's also, it's affecting us, the viewer, and it's affecting the actors and actresses. Yeah. Because they're not being allowed to explore fully their feelings about their work and their film. And we're not actually getting any decent insights into the filmmaking. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense why I, you would I hire agree. a TikToker. And no offense to the TikToker. No offense to the TikToker, but there are people who aren't famous and who aren't rich that have been to school, been to uni and trained in broadcasting and radio. And they're just being completely looked over for these rich people, which I guess is just classic. Things are being all for clout now. And I cannot wait until we go back to substance over clout. And then we become famous. Yeah. And it did make me feel disheartened as people who are trying to really work on their craft and become really good podcasters. Okay. My overrated. Yeah. Hot tubs. Just warm bath with people that other people. Yeah. I actually fully. Yeah. And then you have to go and shower before and after. So realistically, not good for the environment. All right. Yeah, I think that's a great one, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Fuck hot tubs. Um, my underrated is massages. Okay. I feel like pe- not because people don't appreciate the benefits of a good massage. Not people are like, oh, God, massages suck. But because I don't feel like they're done readily enough. People don't see the value enough in them to have them regularly. Yeah. And therefore, there isn't the need. So there isn't the supply. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I also think people see them as a luxury. Yes. And they're like, oh, I'll have one once. Oh, it's done a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. And actually you should be having them like bi-weekly. I had a massage at the Clifton Lido and I have never felt more relaxed in my whole entire life. Fuck therapy and <laughs> just get a massage. Honest to God. I literally came fucking out. Fucking quits her job and is getting fucking massages at Clifton Lido. All right, love. <laughs> and I felt like I was walking on clouds i have everything in my body just melted away and i felt like i could handle and face everything nothing bothered me nothing irritated me nothing got to me at all because i was just a slippery (laughs) relaxed dolphin i felt amazing and i feel like you know like in other countries there'll just be massage parlors on the high street yeah something like that you're underrated little bakery i know people hype it I don't think it gets as much hype. Little in general. Pick, fuck it. Little. Little. You can't just go around championing every single supermarket under the sun, Kate. You <sighs> must pick a lane. Okay, Waitrose free coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. The little bench in Waitrose where you can sit. Have you sat at the little bench? <laughs> you've, already, you've already. No, but Connor actually messaged me about that. He was like, this is the place to be. It is the place to be. <laughs> um, No, little... Pick one item from Little Bakery that you love. Little Bakery. What 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 one item the are you hazelnut pano chocolat things. Okay. Bloody beautiful. Mm-hmm. And end of day, 30% off. Yeah, love it. Cheap and easy. 69p. <laughs> Wink. And now we have our confession. Oh, my confession this week is that there is somewhere a board in our local area where you can put up you know signs of your business i have been taking down people's ones that look bad and putting mine in place i don't give a shit that was my tummy (laughs) that was a great confession um if it is crumpled the ink is run you're down 
Bye bye. Okay. I'll put mine in place. Uh, sorry if you called Jam and you run a yoga on a Thursday because I took you took yours down. <laughs> I probably can absolve you of that saying because you need the cash. I do need the cash. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. I love you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of the loop. Thank you. We will see you next week, most likely. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Uh, sometimes we record an episode that we are like that is fucking shit put that in the <laughs> bin <laughs> I have just eaten a curry so I'm like a bit sleepy mate I've just got off a plane <laughs> I literally look at it I'm like I wouldn't trust Gary with my fucking cat let alone my mental health I think we might be having a live on air mental breakdown. I reread it and I thought I didn't know how much I liked it after a while, but I feel like my opinion doesn't matter anymore. <laughs>